Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast and it is our betting show brought to you in association with SpreadX. This podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that if you're thinking of having a bet this weekend to please be aware of the risks around gambling and to visit Be Gamble Aware to learn more. Hello, George Ellick. Hello, Ali Maxwell. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm very good. We've spoken quite a lot today, both over audio, telephone and WhatsApp. So this is nice to talk to you over Skype. It, it feels a bit like as soon as the, the... I was going to say as soon as the cameras start rolling, but that's the wrong phrase. Whatever the equivalent is for podcasting, as soon as I press record on the betting show, I know the weekend is in sight. And it just mm. feels a bit like the shackles are off with this one, you know? It's a, it's a bit of a different vibe. We're going to be talking through some picks ahead of the weekend. Um, but week one of our partnership with SpreadX, George, went uh, went well. I thought you did a great job explaining spread betting to those listeners who may not be uh, may not be regulars of that. And I know that lots of people got in touch with you uh, to, to ask further questions, which is what you said they should do. Uh, so thank you for, for answering all of those. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to add this week uh, about our partnership with SpreadX and spread betting before we get into our weekend picks? Yeah, so this podcast like last week is sponsored by spreadx so thank you very much for them for supporting us if you go to spreadx.com that's s-p-r-e-a-d-e-x.com forward slash ntt20 they've come up with a really nice offer for us it's a bit different to last week's offer because this time we're going to be talking more about their fixed odds product rather than their spread betting product so if you go there you'll fill in your details and if you place a 25 pound bet on any selection any single at minimum odds of one to two, so anything bigger than one to two, then they will give you five five pound free bets as singles in consecutive days, which is quite fun. So you have a 25 quid bet, you can choose whichever one Ali and I make the best case for, and then you'll get a five pound bet, which you can have something or something else, then the next day and the next day, which is great. Obviously, the spread stuff that we spoke about last week um, was great, and some of you asked me some questions. Uh, I'm not going to go into explaining spread betting here again, because most of you would have listened to last week's, but if you want to hear more, and you didn't listen to last week just go back to last week's betting show the first kind of four or five minutes is just me explaining all about spread betting why i like it why i do it and um and what spread X can offer as well so go back and look at that but yeah thank you very much for doing that i'm going to do one spread tip i think today but mainly this is going to be the um fixed odds normal Weekend preview. It's fair to say, George, that although they are season-long bets, the uh, the point spreads and the goal scorers uh, that we went with last week, I mean, we're pretty excited by how the ones that we put up started, at the very least, buying Swansea points and Luton points and Lincoln points and all three of those teams picking up a win, selling Huddersfield points, selling Borough points, selling South End points, and all of those teams lost. So in that sense, it was a really good start. We also sold, or I sold rather, Bristol Rovers points uh, and they picked up a draw. So not quite sure whether that's going to be good or bad yet. No goals for Dom Solanke or Kiefer Moore yet. Our disarray treble uh, was a winner. I think three, mm. three winning picks on opening weekend. That's about a worryingly good start to the season. We need to back it up a, uh, again. Before we get stuck into our weekend picks, any spread bets that you're going in on after one week of action? Yeah, there's one in the in the championship that's a team who's gone down after an opening day defeat, and I I don't think they really lost anything in defeat, and that's Coventry. Um, they're now fifty three and a half to sell, fifty five and a half to buy, and I'll be buying at fifty five and a half. Uh, they were good away at Bristol City, a, a tough 
game to open up with. Um, Matt Godden got off the mark with a goal. Callum O'Hare was really impressive. They proved in my eyes that they were going to be competitive at this level. It was a game that easily could have kind of gone either way, decided by a set piece from a corner ahead of from Thomas Callas. Um, so for them now to be the second lowest point spread in the division, I think is incorrect. And so, yeah, I, I think that's um, a, an overreaction after one game. And so, yeah, buying Coventry at 55 and a half, you know, they're, they're lower than Rotherham, Luton. I'd have them definitely higher than those two. They're lower than Huddersfield. I'd probably have them higher than them too. So I think that's slightly wrong. Okay, let's move into some weekend selections. Uh, and back to normal, really. I want to hear your nap, your best bet. Uh, we'll both have a couple of other selections and then a, a, a little bonus at the end as, as well. So same as last year, we're using SpreadX prices here. What is your best bet of the weekend? My best bet of the weekend is Lincoln draw no bet at 10 to 11 away at MK Dons. Uh, it's for many of the same reasons that I kind of mentioned last week, except since we last spoke, spoken the um, evidence on the pitch tells us that Michael Appleton has built a very good Lincoln side. <laughs> I watched their game against Oxford on Saturday. They were very impressive defensively. Um, they scored a couple of well-worked goals, one just a, a ball in from the deep and one from a set piece. Uh, they kept Oxford at arm's length pretty much all game. Oxford didn't have a shot until the about the hour mark. Um, and then they went mid- midweek and absolutely trounced Bradford at Valley Parade um, by I think it was four or five nil wasn't it so it, it shows me that they're a team who are being still undervalued in the market I think they're about 20 to 1 to win it still um, we advised the points bet the points by last week here they go to an MK Don side who I have a fair bit of time for I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how they get on under Russell Martin um, but just you know the, in, in the match odds MK Don's a 6 to 4 Lincoln a 13 to 8 so MK Don's slight favourites I don't think that's right, especially given, you know, the this perceived lack of home advantage. On top of that, um, I think Lincoln are, are clearly the more likely of these two sides to win uh, here. Uh, they travelled well midweek. Um, it's 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 a pretty strong one on my part. I'd be surprised if uh, if MK Dons walk away with three points at this early stage. It's hard to be too bullish, but I do think Lincoln are going to be one of the best sides in the league. So Lincoln ten to eleven, draw no bet. Nicely done. I'm going not too far to Hull where I'm going to back Hull City to beat Crew this weekend at 19 to 20 just under even money uh, is the price that I'm taking here and I if you'd said to me this time last week before <laughs> before opening weekend that I would do that I would feel more strongly about Hull after one weekend than almost any other team uh, I would have been pretty astonished so what I'm hoping here is that it's not the fact that Gillingham were just horrendous against them on Saturday. And it's more what I think is the truth, which is that Hull have started the season in a really impressive manner and that winning 2-0 away at Gillingham, which, as we know, is a very difficult place to go and win, uh, is as impressive as, as I thought it was. It was. It wasn't just, you know, there were a few teams last weekend who scored early goals and then spent the rest of the game clinging on uh, and taking all three points. And that will happen every weekend across the three divisions quite a lot. And you're always pretty thrilled that you've got the three points. But sometimes the fact that that goal went in so early, it means that you can't take too much away, I, I sometimes think, from those games. But Hull not only went ahead early with a really nicely worked goal, but they just weren't fussed or phased at all by Jills after that. And given the way that Jills play... In, in general, I was expecting a settled Gillingham team 
to play against an unsettled Hull team and it didn't look like that at all. So it wasn't just the, the fact of scoring two goals and and, uh, and doing well in the final third where they'd obviously struggled Hull at the back end of last season, but also the, the way that they dealt with the threat of Gillingham, apart from one chance uh, for Akinde in the first half, which I'm pretty convinced was offside anyway. Um, that was basically it, despite being ahead for the whole game. So that's the sort of thing I'm looking at when, I, when I'm, albeit using a tiny sample size, trying to project which teams will be dominant teams and will be good on both ends of the pitch um, for the for the remainder of the season. I was really encouraged by that Hull performance. Um, they obviously played Leeds on Wednesday night. They put in an, essentially an incredible performance that no one saw coming, albeit against a, a rotated Leeds side. They themselves had made a few changes, Hull. Will they be really knackered after that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that Crew played okay against Charlton last weekend, but I just have a feeling and it could be completely wrong that Hull might be quite good, might have a really strong team and, and, and might be ready to just crack on straight from the uh, straight from the off this season, which we hadn't previously thought. Uh, so they're going to be my nap this weekend at 19 to 20. I dare say if this is right and if Hull are a good team at this level, then there won't be too many home games where they go off at this price. So uh, that's my pick, Hull to beat Crew. That's my nap this weekend. Uh, as for yours, second best... Yeah, to the championship. And Ali, it would not be a not the top 20 betting show unless I was getting against... Reading. Yes. Nice. Uh, so Barnsley at two to one. It wouldn't be a betting show unless I was getting with... Brentford. Barnsley. Barnsley. Uh, <laughs> um, we finished each other's... Sandwiches. <laughs> uh, Barnsley at two to one away at Reading. And... Deliberately here, I'm not taking the draw no bet market. I'm going straight win because there's every chance that I reading the reading we saw last week who was so impressive in their um in their win in their two 0 win with led by Lucas Zhao with uh, Ajaria also playing very well. There's every chance that they could turn up here in a similarly rampant mood. But we've seen this before from Reading. We've seen this before from Zhao. They were very impressive early on last season in their opener and things unraveled pretty quickly. Barnsley, on the other hand, are a side who are probably going to be a little bit underrated this weekend because they lost at home to an unfancy side in Luton. But the truth is that they had the best of that game. They had they created the most chances. Luton created precious little except for the goal. Um, and I'm not going to take all the work that Gerhard Struber had done prior to last Saturday and the you know the high esteem that I hold him in and tear that up on the back of that. Similarly, I'm not going to take my thoughts on Reading as being a team to maybe be a little bit concerned for with their current squad without reinforcements and the doubts around uh, Vyko Paunovic and tear that up after one good display, especially when they are a side who we've seen do this before. So it's kind of that happy the happy meeting of two clubs who have done the opposite of what I thought on the Saturday, but now they meet and I'm not willing to... I'm too stubborn to basically um, <laughs> to, to go the other way. So it, it's a good one here. Um, Reading fans will roll their eyes. Barnsley fans probably would as well. But my second best is Barnsley to win at 2-1 to one with Spread X. That's stubbornness, a, a blessing and a curse, I think it's fair to say. Um, and my next best is, I, I'm actually going to back Bournemouth to beat Middlesbrough this weekend. 29-20 uh, to 20 at the moment on the Spread X site. Um, uh, it was hard to know exactly how to analyse Middlesbrough's opening night performance against uh, Watford. They lost 1-0 to a goal from a set piece, which I thought would have infuriated Neil Warnock. But as we saw, 
in his uh, post-match interview. He's, he's not currently holding his Middlesbrough side to particularly high standards. He just seems to be pretty happy to, to be there, to be involved and to be in work. And, you know, we're certainly going to be monitoring, monitoring that situation over the next few weeks and months because was not expecting this chipper, happy, uh, bright demeanour Neil Warnock. Uh, he's obviously not going to be at this game because he has had a positive uh, COVID test, so he won't be involved. I'm absolutely not using that as to add to my argument here because, you know, it's not ideal, but mainly I just think there's a huge gap in quality between these two teams. When I watched Borough again last Friday, they looked okay, they looked fine, but something wasn't quite there. Whether it was creativity through the middle, I'm not sure. Tavernier didn't have a great game, but I I think that there, there'll be flashes of quality from him. They're going to play down the sides a lot with, with Spence and Johnson, the wing-backs. I'm, I'm not convinced that Fletcher and Asombolonga will really thrive off wide service unless it's absolutely excellent. So there's just a few parts of this Borough team that I'm not quite buying into at the moment. And while we know that, that Bournemouth, and we saw in their opening weekend display a 3-2 win against Blackburn, that they are you know still sort of coming to terms with their new normal in the championship and with a lot of uh, players having left the club and assimilating some new players but it was it was one of those where you looked back after the game and you looked at their starting 11 and aside from Travers in goal who hasn't played a huge amount of senior football and who made a, a pretty glaring error to let in uh, Brad Johnson's long shot I mean the squad is is pretty impressive the starting 11 itself um, but not only that, the the the, the substitute options, uh, Brooks and Gosling and Billing came on. Um, you know, for, for Middlesbrough, they just simply don't have those options in order to change a game if it's tight. Uh, and that's a huge reason why I think even even if this game is nil nil heading into the last half an hour, I'll be still pretty confident of uh, of Bournemouth getting the win. But I wouldn't be surprised if they are leading already at this point. Um, whether it's Dan Juma or Solanke or Stanislas uh, as the sort of main attacking threats. Cook and Lerma in midfield, that back three of Mepham, Cook, the other Cook, and uh, and, Le- and Lloyd Kelly. Uh, I just I just really like the team on paper. Um, it looked like on Saturday against Blackburn that they were, you know, not fully there, but that they were certainly ready to to, to win games already at this level. Uh, and that's in stark contrast to the three teams that came down last year, who all lost on opening weekend. So I'm just going to keep riding the the Bournemouth train here. Uh, again, mostly just down to a huge gap in quality between the two teams. I'm not really buying home advantage at the moment. So, you know, if Bournemouth's price is longer than it would otherwise be because they're playing up at Borough, that's absolutely fine by me. 29 to 20, Bournemouth to beat Middlesbrough. Next up, George. Yeah, it's it's Walsall to beat Harrogate at 9 to 4, which just seems like a massive, massive price. <laughs> uh, I know Harrogate, that Harrogate, Harrogate been... was, the, the, was the bed of the year, wasn't it, last weekend? Yeah. I, like it. I think there's been a big overreaction to a 4-0 win against a, a crisis club in, in Southend. Um, you've got to factor in as well that they're not playing at home. I, I don't know if their good home record from last season is being factored into this price a bit. Um, but they're not playing at home. They're not playing on their plastic pitch. They're going and playing at Doncaster. Um, a, a, you know, a stadium which Walsall players will have more experience playing at than, than Harrogate in, in terms of competitive games. Um you know, I think Harrogate looked very strong and they look well well adept to this league, but Walsall are a side with promotion aspirations here. Um, so it's it's a pretty simple one from me. Um, I don't really have much more. To, it's just a, a, 
it's a pure price pick. If, I, if you spend, think... if we spend too long justifying these picks, there's a risk that we just massively overplay one set of fixtures, isn't there? So that's, I've got no problem with you, uh, with you, you know, not taking too long. Put it that way. Yeah, I think that for whatever reason, I think Harrogate's, you know, they they're not playing at home. Even if they were playing at home, there aren't fans there anyway. They're playing at a foreign stadium, a foreign pitch, and their home form last season was in part because of the the surface they played on and they played as touch side last season who I'm pretty sure are the worst team in the league so it all adds up to to that 9 to 4 being being wrong in my opinion so that's my third one is Walsall at 9 to 4 yeah really nice uh, my final match pick is Newport to beat Barrow at home in league 2 and uh, Newport at 5 to 4 and yeah, it's it's just another one where actually Newport's performances more so than the results have, have caught my eye, uh, albeit in only a couple of games. Uh, last weekend, they were ahead against Scunthorpe and then conceded a long-range goal from Ryan Loft. It was, it was a game which, on the balance of play, they probably edged and they, and they'll they would have been really disappointed actually because it would have been a hell of a three points to leave uh, Scunthorpe with. Um, but they, they created a bit more in open play but still generally a massive threat from set pieces which is uh, as you know something I always keep a very close eye on and then in midweek uh, in the Carabao Cup again it was a strong team that they put out they went to Cambridge who of course won 3-0 on, on opening weekend and they absolutely battered them 29 shots to Cambridge's 7 Cambridge didn't uh, didn't have a shot on target in the whole game um, you know both games Newport have won the XG battle very very comfortably they even had 72% possession uh, against Cambridge so we we talked in the preview uh, about Flynn Mike Flynn the Newport manager potentially trying to evolve a little bit and, and move this team onwards from being very much pigeonholed as uber direct good defensively and will always score from a set piece. It looks like they've maintained an insane set piece threat, which I'm thrilled to see. They're still playing three centre-backs and they're all in a different way, a threat, uh, a goal threat. But it just looks to me like they might have improved as a as a team in possession as well. Um, again, very small sample size, but with Scott Twine on loan from Swindon, you know, already looking like a really shrewd signing. Tristan Abrahams looks sharp. Uh, he was it probably should have been given the goal last weekend with a, with a clever back heel. Looks like he could develop into a really nice player if he fills out a little bit. And Podge Armand, who we know scores goals at this level as well. Um, they got Shepard in the right wing back, who was brilliant for, for Forrest Green when he was fit. Uh, and I think that they are looking quite good. So I was thinking earlier, I, I'm definitely having a look at them on the points spread at the moment because they are... That, you know they're sort of projected to be certainly bottom half and sort of in the middle of the bottom half so they could be quite an interesting one on the point spreads but I'm just going to play it a little bit safer and just take them to beat Barrow at home this week if Newport are playing to the standard that I think they might be uh, then I think they should have enough to comfortably beat Barrow so I'm happy to be on them and I'll just roll straight into my bonus bet because George I've got one word for you Kyle I've got one more word for you Hawkins. Two words back to back: Kyle Hawkins, Newport County centre back, first goal scorer, thirty-three to one. That's that's all I'm saying on that. Drops a good one. Mm. Okay, I, I've got one bonus as well, and it's a spread bet, and it is the game I'll be watching on Saturday. It's Oxford United against Sunderland. Oxford have injuries aplenty. Mm. Uh, Josh Ruffles, left back, the only left back at the club, is injured. John Massinho, one of the only three centre-back, senior centre-backs at the club, is injured. Alex Gorin, the only defensive midfielder, is injured. 
On Saturday, Liam Kelly played the holding midfield role. He's very adept at doing that in terms of ball progression, but he's not someone who's going to be able to break up play effectively and, if need to, put in some pretty disgusting challenges in order to stop the counter-attack. So Oxford are very thin. The back four is likely to be Sean Clare, who's an attacking right-back who hasn't started a league game yet. Rob Atkinson, who was sent off on the weekend and then had his red card rescinded. But again, making his first league start at the Kassam Stadium. Elliot Moore, this is his first campaign being a all-league. And Sam Long, who is uh, right back by trade and not necessarily the best one at that. So it's not a great back four when you consider that Sunderland will have Grigg, O'Brien, Maguire, Wyke, O'Nine. I mean, there's a lot of attacking talent there. But then remember that there's also a lot of attacking talent for Oxford too. Uh, Matt Taylor, James Henry, Mark Sykes, possibly Sam Whittle off the bench, Cameron Brannigan, Marcus McGrain. Basically, I think there's going to be a lot of goals here. And Oxford will probably accept going into the game that a clean sheet is pretty unlikely. I bat BTTS as a bet. But on the spread, there's quite a fun little bet you can do called a goal rush, Ali. It's called (laughs) a goal rush. That sounds very interesting. Please tell me what that means. That means if there are no goals, it makes up zero points. If there's one goal, it makes up 10 points. There are two goals, it makes up 20 points. Three goals, 33. Four goals, 50. Five goals, 70. Six or more, 100. It's quite a good bet. I mean, generally, buyers on this market will lose money because it's a massive seller's market, clearly. But if you think a game could just tumble into absolute mayhem, such as I do here, because Oxford are going to have to be so attacking focused given the lack of defensive cover and just bodies. It's quite fun. I remember you and I watching an, uh, an EFL trophy semi-final between Oxford and Berry, where I bought the goal rush and it made up 100 points within about 42 minutes. Um, so you're buying here at 31. So if you were to do it for a pound, that would be maximum losses of 31. If it's a nil-nil draw, you lose 31 pounds. If you buy it for a pound at 31 and there's one goal, Maximum losses would be 21, so 21 pounds. Maximum wins, if there are six goals in the game, would be 69, so 69 pounds. Nice. There you go. So that is my bonus. If anyone has set up a SpreadX account and want to dabble in the spreads, again, please do DM me. I hopefully helped a fair few people out um, with their questions um, about spread betting. Um, it is important to remember that you can lose more than your initial deposit. Um, especially, you know, just be careful with your staking with your first couple of bets and work out what your max losses are. Uh, you can put a stop loss on your account as well, which means there's a maximum amount you can lose per bet. Um, but I do enjoy it. And, you know, it's just quite fun for mm. bets like that. So buying the gold rush in Oxford Sunderland at 31 is my bonus bet. And tell me about your other three while you're on a roll. My nap is Lincoln draw no bet away at uh, MK Don's. My championship bet is Barnsley 2-1 at Reading. And my League 2 bet is Walsall at 9-4 away at Harrogate slash Doncaster. Very good. Uh, my nap was Hull uh, at 19-20 to to beat Crewe. Uh, I've also gone with Bournemouth at 29-20 to to beat Middlesbrough in the championship. Uh, and I'm going with Newport County, who I've got my eye on, to beat Barrow at home. My bonus bet, Kyle Hawkins, Newport County centre-back. 33 to 1 take a look at that thank you so much for listening uh, hopefully this has 
piqued your interest in the weekend football. We've obviously got the US Open golf as well. It really is a, a wonderful, wonderful weekend in store, one that I'm very, very excited about. And just a last mention, uh, if you're interested in signing up to a SpreadX account, if you use spreadx.com forward slash NTT20, then you can get up to £25 in free bets. Uh, if you place a £25 fixed odds single bet at minimum odds at 1 to 2, you'll get five £5 free fixed odd single bets, which will be applied to your account on consecutive days. T's and C's on that link, spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. Let us know what you fancy this weekend. We're on Twitter at NTT20pod, and we're always excited to hear what you guys are backing. Have a good weekend, best of luck, and we'll speak again next week.